I guess we just never had you be the one to invite him in. He only listens to me. Yeah, All right. Digital digital servants aside, uh, hello, welcome, welcome to today's episode of Juice of the Numbers, uh, your statistics and sports podcast. I am your host Joshua Tracy, and I'm Corwin Heller. And also, uh, up, Craig. Yeah, fuck you, Craig. Uh, it is uh, it's a little after 9 p.m. here on the East Coast, uh, March 7th. It's a Saturday. Ain't fucking nothing going on. We're going to find some shit to squeeze out of this week to discuss. You ready, Corwin? I am ready. So coronavirus is sweeping the nation <laughs> um, hmm. and the world, uh, technically, kind kind of. Uh, first, before we get into the sports uh, side of this, uh, are are you concerned? Not terribly. My new boss is currently vacationing in Italy, so like that's kind of a concern. But actual concern for the state of humanity and our country from the threat of coronavirus, not so much. Yo, you would think that the CDC announced that AIDS became airborne. The way the way that they're yeah. treating this. It's like it's one of those things where like, yes, we shouldn't blow it off because it like it does have long lasting effects on both, you know, the global people's like the the general state of like global immunization and the future of diseases like this. But at the same time it you're right. Like it should not be treated like this is a pandemic. And yet it certainly is. And that brings us to the sports side of this. So a few different things have been happening or at least been discussed across a few different leagues. So the NFL isn't currently in uh, season, so they don't factor into this. So let's start with baseball, which has already made a slight modification, so at least most teams have. So typically spring training, which is where baseball currently is in its season, has a lot of player fan interaction because, you know, games, stadiums are smaller, so attendance is more sparse, and it's a lot more intimate of a setting uh, because the stadiums are just smaller. And so players typically get a lot of time and opportunity to interact with fans in a physical sense, you know, like signing baseballs, hand-to-hand contact, taking pictures, stuff like that. Uh, so what a lot of teams are doing now to really limit into that interaction is what they're doing instead of having players go off to the stands before games is they'll have players sign baseballs and paraphernalia in the locker room in advance of the game and then just t- carry that out of the tunnel with them and then flip it to fans in the stadium before they start playing in an attempt to just limit the amount of contact they have with fans and thus possible exposure to any nasty, nasty illnesses. Yes. Um, it's, uh, okay. Right. I don't, I don't dislike it. I have nothing against it. Good on them for seeing this as being a major problem, a major part of the game and finding a good compromise. Good on them. Yeah. This is one of those things where it's like, it probably makes the most sense out of any single industry to have athletes be the most cautious because if like, uh, if your favorite band all get coronavirus, like, all right, like, you know, that's one band. They're going to cancel a tour probably. 
and uh like you know they'll just reschedule a new one eventually if they don't die which they shouldn't um but like you know it's inconvenient for one one single tour uh and everyone's still making money on like streaming and stuff you know uh, and if um i don't know if your favorite restaurant gets a coronavirus outbreak it, it's bad for the restaurant of course but like for you the consumer like doesn't matter that much you're still gonna make other money um the restaurant's kind of kind of dicked a little bit but like if you can just get everything cleaned up and get the uh get an uh, inspector in you'll probably be open within a few weeks mm-hmm. uh if 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 the yankees all the yankees got coronavirus especially in tr- spring training where everyone on the 40 man and beyond is there you're fucked that's you're so a, fucked you can't play a, a game 100 million dollar at least you know business just this year uh failing yeah yeah because it it's not even like uh, imagine if everyone who would have gone to yankee stadium for a few games whoever that might have been got sick and no one went to yankee stadium that would suck for the yankees because they make nothing at the gate but they still have like you know streaming and distribution which is where most of their money comes from anyway so they'll be upset mm-hmm. but like they'll get over it um but if the yankees themselves or pick a fucking baseball team it doesn't matter uh all went down they can't even stream the games they can't they can't play the games so now they're losing money at the gate. They're going to have to refund everyone their money. They're losing money on distribution because they can't, there's nothing to distribute. And they're probably forfeiting games. Mm-hmm. So it, it's, it's the ultimate loss. How do you think the MLB would handle something like that? Like, I think they would have is to. Is this just a lost season? Or, you know. I was going to say, I think they'd have to shorten the season and just pick it up a few weeks to months later like if there was an outbreak amongst mlb players i think the best solution would be delay the start of the season until i don't know earliest late april maybe beginning of may just miss a month like if you're willing to shorten a season because of of, because of a strike which is a viable Mm -hmm. reason to shorten a season you should have the same wherewithal now because again it's spring training which i means the entirety of every team's roster is there pretty much barring a few injured players and and a few other people like they're all there everyone you would possibly even consider thinking about maybe bringing up is now also down like it's a, it's untenable it God, I, I want to know, like, obviously we can't know these numbers because we don't have the insider information to see what it, you know, MLB teams are making based off of this kind of stuff, what the league is making off of this kind of stuff. But how much money do you think would be lost, estimated, if the season was shortened to late April and if it, they just canceled this season? I'm going like, to say two billion dollars. I don't. Again, I I don't know how to feel about that number. It's because here's the thing that seems. I think that's a high number, but the reason I'm going with a high number 
is because it's not just like a team or two. Think every, all 30 teams, all mm-hmm. of them are losing money every day on it then. And, um, and MLB as a whole is losing money on it. Like every, everyone's, lo- everyone loses money. So whatever you're thinking of a loss, you're going to have to multiply it by, by, by 30, mm-hmm. if not more. God, like again, like two billion dollars. That se- sounds high. That could also be. It could be low. Yeah, we have no idea. And like, usually we're pretty decent at guessing these kind of things. Where are we even going to start with this? Like, yeah. how is anyone who's not an insider with MLB or with one of these teams even going to be able to comprehend this? I mean, I'm sure there's some actual smart people in finance that would be able to piece this stuff together given the time. Honestly, just, I'm not it, even. It, it's just crazy to think how much could be just decimating this sport over the course of the next couple of weeks if one player gets sick. I know because the thing is like, all right, so you know, let's say you're the Padres, just to pick a different team. Um, every Padre get gets sick. All right, so now you have to refund every ticket for at least the first month of the season. Um. Because everyone's going to call and complain. You have to deal with your season ticket holders. How on earth do you handle that? Uh, you're probably also going to have to, in addition to refunding all those mo- all that money, you're probably going to have to also give out things. You know, like here's free playoff tickets or some shit. Because like, not that the Padres ever go to the playoffs, but you know, like here, <laughs> you know, some type of other compensation. I would imagine if you're if you want to be uh, upfront about it, uh, there's I'm sure. I'm sure there's crazy amounts of like, I, I bet you that every flight and hotel is already booked for the Padres for the first month of the season. As of right now, how on earth are you going to handle that? You know, like it's so everything about sports and baseball, because baseball has such a high volume of games is so meticulously planned that, and uh, I don't even know how you would begin to think about these financials. Like it would, it would be ridiculous. I don't want this to happen, but if it does happen, that will be, I don't want to say a lot of fun, but it will be extremely interesting to follow. Oh, it would be fucking fascinating. Um, what do you think would be a bigger debacle for the MLB? Um, a coronavirus outbreak or this recent Astro scandal? Um, I think the Astro scandal because there's a lot of hate being pointed at the Astros for it uh, and at MLB for handling it. I don't think anyone could get upset at people getting sick with a disease that is getting everyone sick. That's actually you a great know? point. Yeah, like, no, you're totally right. How are you going to get upset at Garrett Cole for getting the fucking flu? Um, I'm sure there will be plenty of Yankee fans and plenty of baseball fans who are outraged by the MLB for not stopping this, but get over it. So a a more extreme um, proposition uh, was put forward by the NBA recently 
where they are currently considering playing games with no fans in the stands. Um, which I don't even know where to begin with that. What do you, what, what do you think that would be like? Uh, I think it would be essentially the same watching it in TV on TV. Um, you know, like, do you think, yeah, the shots are going to look different. Yeah. It's going to sound different because you won't have that kind of just background noise, but I don't think it's going to affect the game all that much. It's really just going to affect the fans going to see the games. I, I, I wonder if it would affect the games though, because all right, I'm not saying that players like really, really care how hard you cheer. But mm-hmm. I have to imagine that, like, a quiet, dead stadium brings Ooh. with it a certain weird f- emotion towards the, yeah. towards the players, you know? like Oh, my God. I don't even think about that. Like, they're so imagine, used to playing in these stadiums that are just so loud and just so yeah. intense. Imagine, and now it's Im- nothing. Imagine you're Ben Simmons. Oh. And you throw a three-pointer and no one boos. Like, how weird must that feel for him? Um, man, I don't know. But like for real though, imagine imagine you're LeBron James. You're like the world's most competitive person in, in, in basketball. And you like, you know, fucking dunk the ball, right? That's the thing basketball players do. They do the dunks. Yes. And no one cheers. It's dead fucking silent outside of the sound of your own teammates clapping. Like I'm sh- that'd I'm be sure crazy. there's some sorry, go ahead. That's it. That was that's it. Um, I'm sure there's some players that can compartmentalize it and just completely shut it out and they don't even notice, but there's gotta be some that are just going to be just frazzled by this. Ooh. Right. Again, I don't necessarily want this to happen, but fuck me up. That sounds super cool to see. I can't, I just... I can't even picture what that would be like because also it just goes so against the personality of basketball, you know, so much of the personality, at least in my eyes of basketball is like the demonstrative nature of it. You know, mm-hmm. it is the showboating a little bit, not even a little bit. I'm going to, cause that feels like I'm hedging. I think it's a lot about the showboating. Oh, it's basketball. So much about the personality, but like, how are you going to like, you know, shoot a big time three pointer and then like strut your shit afterwards, like do a shimmy or some shit like your Steph Curry to empty seats? You know, like mm-hmm. I'm sure again, I'm sure Steph Curry doesn't care that much if like you, yeah, you listening, you piece of shit. I don't think he cares if you're there, but I think he would care if there was no one there. Damn. I mean, I don't. Did you watch the game that the Orioles played when they had an empty stadium because of the Baltimore riots? I, I watched the highlights of it because it was hilarious, but I didn't actually watch the game. I don't remember watching. I remember seeing those highlights, like you said. I don't remember watching it. I wonder if we could go back. I'm sure we can't do it right now, but if, but if we could go back and find what players had to say about it at the time, what it was like. I, I do remember it, it's so different though because it was only I think just the one game and I remember like like the commentators are having fun with it they were calling it like it was a golf game you know but like 
part of the reality is if you're a commentator, you know, like you're you're a play-by-play dude, either for radio or TV, and you know, you're calling the game, you are inherently one of the three loudest voices at the stadium. Because you're the only ones there. You're the only people in the seats. That's it. I looked this game up. It happened in 2015, White Sox versus the Orioles. First off, it doesn't feel like this was... I was going to say, holy shit. Five years ago. Five years ago? Oh, my God. Um, We're old. Wow. Uh, I'm a very old 22-year-old. God, the... Orioles won eight to two, which that seems surprised they know what that is. Yeah, right. Um, apparently, it was surreal. That's uh, that's the summary that Wikipedia gives. Um, <laughs> White Sox outfielder Adam Eaton attributed attributed oh his team's loss to the effect uh, of not having the crowd noise. I forgot he played for the White Sox. Yes. Um, wow. And again, that's we a game that's like... a single game that they like knew in advance was going to not be sold tickets for. Mm-hmm. And it was still weird. Imagine that for a, a whole like, I don't know how many games left in the NBA, 20? Like, that's weird. I've never been to any game without anyone else in attendance. I've never played in any match without anyone in attendance. Actually, no. I've I've had swim meets in the past where like there was no one there other than like the people on the team. And granted, it was a you know high school level swim meet with you know extremely limited amount of I guess stress put on. Like it wasn't exactly a major league baseball game, so I doubt it was in our heads to begin with. But I don't remember it being a big factor. But when there's usually forty thousand people there. And now there's two guys in a booth just talking. That's hmm. it. I, I uh, would you leave or would you stay if you were the only person at the stadium? Oh my god, I would say. Why would I leave? That's like the best way to watch a baseball game if no, no one else is there. You know, it would be great to do during at, at, an, at an empty ballpark. What heckle. <laughs> 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 oh god only if you're really good at it though like if you're a bad heckler and everyone knows you're the bad heckler that could get ugly hey martinez man, just, just no, imagine martinez, being like suck, some bro. superstar heckler just going to town on these guys just like five feet away or even if like you're in like the upper deck just shouting no i'm sorry there's no way that if you're in the upper deck they don't let you come down if you are the only person in the fucking stadium Oh, sir, can I see your ticket? Uh, sorry, you, your ticket's up for the uh, second level. You you should take the elevators behind you. Yo, I still can't get over the fucking Blue Jays game I went to where they fucking did that shit to me. It was stupid as fuck. Hey, if Toronto Blue Jays, if you listen to this, fuck, fuck you. you. <laughs> Stadium's trash. Uh, preach. Um, so the NHL is considering no longer allowing temporarily um, media to go into the locker room for, for uh, you know, quotes and other media purposes. Um, yeah, I'm all on board with that. I mean, I feel like 
sure, it should be the media's right to go about and do that. Of course it is. They should be able to talk to the teams. But come on, like it, it's not necessary for them to be in there. It, of course, the safety of the players comes first. I don't see that as being a a huge issue for anyone. Uh, I think that they should put the media behind a display case and make them um, all stand together in a small corner behind plexiglass and ask questions one at a time. 100% for it. Uh, yeah, you know, fuck the media. Um, be honest with me, Corwin. Yeah, usually. Yeah. How 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 many out of every single sport that you watch, out of all the games you watch in a year, in a full calendar year? Yeah. How many post game shows do you watch? Ooh. Uh, one. Uh, maybe three or four. I'll watch the, after the Super Bowl, after the NC uh college football playoff championship game. Uh, Penn State's bowl game and like either the Big Ten championship if Penn State's in it or like the Ohio State game. But five out of a, you know, well over 100 that I watch is not great. Yeah, I'll say, first off, my, my number is zero. I never watch post game shows. Really? I have no patience for it. I do not give a fuck. I don't care to hear. As bad as it sounds, I don't care to hear what the players have to say most of the time. And if it, and honestly, if they say anything that important, I'll see it on like Reddit or Twitter later. Yeah, like, so true. I don't, I don't give a shit. I don't care, especially because like most of the times, and I'm not saying players are wrong for doing this, but their answers are boring as shit. Most mm -hmm. of the time, it's like, uh, Verlander, how'd you feel about your uh, curveball command today? Ah, uh, well, good you know, on. like, uh, I was working on some things out there. You know, I thought I had a few good ones. thought I had a few bad ones. You know, I'm just trying to just trying to get it better, you know, make sure I'm ready for the playoffs. Uh, thank, I'd like to thank God. He's really great. Uh, my wife's awesome. Um, and it's like, oh, that's fucking super cool, bro. Uh, didn't think you were going to say that. Um, I don't give a shit about you or your fucking life. Uh, I'm just looking at a sweaty man uh, lying. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't I don't care. So I, this doesn't affect me at all. And mm -hmm. in fact, maybe the world is better for it. Uh, that's hilarious. I love that you actually tapped on the mic. <laughs> One of the funnier things you've done in a while. Uh, and I appreciate you for that. Yeah, I mean, I'll watch the big games because usually it's more emotional and it's cool to see the guy get the MVP trophy and, you know, hosting the Stanley cup or stuff like that. That's, I do watch the Stanley cup uh, presentation too. Oh, I mean, I, special. I don't know how you, how you don't watch it. Like it's the, one of the best, Oh, it might be the best like championship thing in mm -hmm. sports. I thing. used to think it was hoisting of the crystal ball for the college football national championship just because it's so cool watching people lift a crystal football. But once I got into hockey, it's no question. I mean, it, it's, it just feels so special. Uh, and it is. Uh, and then who won it last year? Was that the Capitals or was that the year before? Uh, the Blues, Blues just won. won and then before that was the Capitals. Yeah. Uh, two years ago, some lady showed her tits, so. Super nice. Loved it. Love that. About that. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, seeing Alex Ovechkin raise it a couple years ago was like heartwarming as fuck. Uh, I wouldn't call it heartwarming as a Pens fan, but it was definitely a huge moment in the history of the sport that you just have to respect and appreciate. I like, I, I don't know. I, I'm a Rangers fan, and no, no skater has scored more goals on Henrik Lundqvist than Alex Ovechkin, and I kind of hate him for that. Um, but still, fuck, man. Yeah, he like... He is the face of the biggest rival in the pens during my fanship, but it's still Alex, Alex Ovechkin. It's still a huge moment for him. I just don't have to love that he won it, but I appreciate that he won it. Uh, fa- fair enough. Um, what would what would if you were if you were the head of a of any of the sports leagues? You are either like the uh, I don't know owner GM of the team, which whoever gets to make those decisions, mm-hmm. or the commissioner of a league. What would your precautions be against coronavirus? Um, man, I, I'd probably shut down like the the media in the locker room thing. Just all those guys shoving cameras with dirty pop filters on it, just right in the guy's face. I'd get rid of the rope line stuff like uh, baseball did just because that's a lot of uncontrolled fans that you don't know what's going on with that. Um, I'd probably cut out the sharing of water bottles. Um, Like, you know, you'll have the assistants and the trainers out there with these caddies of water bottles that they just pass around to all the players. Got to cut that out. Uh, Just, you know, little things. All right, everybody wash your hands between every meeting and before and after practice or before interacting with people. Just common sense stuff. It's not like we got to have everybody wear masks. It's not like we got to quarantine the team. Like at the end of the day, it's still just a a less controlled strain of the flu. I mean, everybody on the team is going to have good immune systems. They're all healthy in some of the best shapes of, you know, anyone around them. Uh, so I don't think it's got to go over the top, but just basic common sense, precautionary stuff. Very sensible answer, Corwin. Very fair. Thanks, you. Um, I would assign everyone a Purell pal and, (laughs) and that's the guy that has to, um, he carries around your bottle of Purell and you carry around his bottle of Purell and anytime you think he needs to to purell his hands you go uh uh what should we call it i don't know hey dude squirt me uh, you know squirt sesh and uh <laughs> yo bro you you got you got to take a squirt sesh after that like you just touched that railing and then he has to extend his hands and you have to give him to give him a squirt um uh yeah i think that that's rule number 1 um i think if this was baseball you have to wear your batting gloves at all times. <laughs> um, and, and pitchers, pitchers, I guess just suffer. I don't know. They, they, they're not really athletes. It doesn't matter. Uh, and, uh, yeah, yeah. Basketball players all have to stand on stilts. So they're farther away from people who cough. Um, cause they're already pretty tall, but let's make it worse. Um, and for hockey, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta, 
keep your teeth in your mouth because that's a problem that y'all have been having. Y'all, y'all missing Ooh, a lot of teeth. Yeah. Imagine getting coronavirus from like picking up another dude's fucking tooth off the ice. Oh, you know, you know what? Actually, my big band would be. I would put a sex ban. No sex. No sex. Z- zero sexes. No sex. Um, no kissing your teammates. That's mandatory. Jack Eichel has to stop slapping people on the PP. Um, which I still think is a hilarious sentence. But honestly, though, it's a, a half a joke and half serious. But like, if you get caught having sex with anybody or having a girl over or get seen at the club in general, uh, I would I would be like, bitch, no, you're suspended, and I'm talking your pay, and 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 I'm 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 spanking you with with the with the with the paddle, and then you got to get squirted in the face by your squirt buddy, just yeah. to make sure you're you're clean. Yep. Yeah. Um. Make it real weird. What is it? Extra punishment if he's caught having a girl in his room and he doesn't have a squirt buddy there. <laughs> bro, bro, squirt sesh. I mean, uh, raw dog, but like squirt afterwards. <laughs> the guy pulls out, and the squirt buddy's got to squirt the purell right onto his dick. Immediate. Yeah. Do you want me to rub it in for you, bro? <sighs> Oh, God, Josh. I got to take a non sequitur here that I talked about this with my mom. What? She was, she was looking at my resume and she's like, are you sure you want to have the podcast on there? What if an employer listens to it? I'm like, mom, we don't say anything on the podcast that is, you know, racist or, you know, anything that would look poorly upon myself. Um Fuck, this is not a great segment for future employers to listen to. Yeah. <laughs> you got a squirt right on his dick after he pulled You got a squirt on that dick. Uh, do, do you want you want to hear the mildly racist <laughs> thing that happened at work yesterday? You think, wait, hold on. Do you think that would burn if you just got Purell just right on there? Oh, 100%. Oh, that would hurt. That would burn. <laughs> yeah, very much so. Okay, racist racism in the workplace. Go for it. All right, so we had this big um, town hall meeting at my office um, on Friday, and they said they were gonna. They said we're gonna mix up the food this time. We're gonna have Chinese, and I was like, that's not really mixing it up. But like, okay. Um, and the place that my company gets catered their catering from is fucking terrible. No one enjoys the food, and yet they keep going there. And so I was talking with my coworkers. I was like, I really wish that they would just go to a restaurant and get their food from a restaurant because restaurants food is better. So we get there and uh, it's from the fucking catering company. It's terrible food. Also, mildly raised on the catering company part because it's just like chicken and vegetables with soy sauce on it. Not even mm-hmm. remotely Chinese. It's just food with soy sauce. So already off to a bad start. But anyway, I'm talking to the receptionist at my company because she's in she's the one in charge of like ordering the food and uh she was telling me like yeah i had suggested to the to the uh, executive team a local chinese food spot that i really like and i go to that also does catering and they said no because they were worried about coronavirus and i was like are you telling me (laughs) that the executive team at this company was worried that the chinese food place had coronavirus because the Chinese. That's and the answer was yes. Real bad. 
The answer was yes. They were worried that the Chinese food restaurant had coronavirus just because it was Chinese. That's both so racist and just so ignorant. I know. Oh, that's so I ignorant. I know. How insane is that? God, everyone knows the coronavirus has left for Italy now. Get on I top mean, of it. No more Olive Garden people. And it, it's it's like they think that just like, oh man, he's Chinese. That means that shit's just in him. Shit. Yeah. Oh, bro. Everyone with the last name Zhang just has coronavirus in the DNA. You know, like what the fuck's wrong with you? Ugh. Obviously not. <laughs> like. And why would they be serving food? <laughs> Do you think the food gets imported from China? Do you think they just got back? Like, oh, it was so I was so disappointed. I was so disappointed. It's it's one of those things where being incredibly ignorant and being incredibly racist has a pretty strong correlation coefficient. Um, I'm sure that that does not stop there. Oh, no, I'm very sure it does not. Very sure. Because, oh, wow. And you know what? It really, really pissed me off because it was racist. And the Chinese food wasn't good. I got deprived a good lunch because of racism. <laughs> and that is what we should be taking from this. <laughs> That's the real tragedy of the story is that I had to eat a subpar lunch because of casual racism. Um, so, moment of silence for Josh and having to eat shitty food today. Uh, it's something we take seriously here at Juicing the Numbers. and we should, we should do our best to get racism out of our lives so that we could eat the good food we all want. Yes, get racism out of our lives and out of our kitchens. Um. So, you want to talk about, uh, do you have anything else coronavirus related? Um, I really hope that uh, it, uh, it kind of dies out before the start of football season because on top of that in the CBA, I really would just love not having a, a lockout this year. Oh, fuck, that's true. Yo, could you imagine if um, a player gets uh, for baseball gets his service time manipulated because the team is worried that he might have coronavirus. Chris Bryant is going around licking handrails, trying to see if he could get another lawsuit out of the MLB. Oh, that would be amazing. He, he would definitely have to consult his Purell pal for that first though. <laughs> just Anthony Rizzo, just squirting <laughs> Purell on like handrails just throughout Chicago, trying to keep Chris Bryant healthy. Rizzo, why are you doing that? Man, Brian can't stop fucking licking these things. <laughs> and of course, spring training has to be in Florida, the methiest, oldest, coronavirusiest place in the world. That's just, Florida is the petri dish of America. It really, I have so much more confidence that China's going to get the coronavirus situation figured out before Florida does. <laughs> Y'all like to Jeb Bush. Please clap. <laughs> Oh God! Uh, also, I saw I saw George Carlin's bit on uh, the immune system today, and it is both hilarious and disgusting. I don't recall it. 
Um, he was. Well, I also know what it's like when you tell jokes. River of shit. Oh, lovely. Yeah, it's really good. Everyone should go listen to uh, some George Carlin tonight. Ah, that's every night. He's a wonderful, wonderful comedian. Yeah, rest in peace. Not yeah, like he, he's actually rest in peace. Though. Wade got Wade Boggs, but like, dude's dead. <laughs> Yo, homie, fucking bodied. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Yo, George Carlin, mad decomposing. Um. Anyway, so Mika Zibanejad scored a lot of goals the other day. Yeah, he's really good at basketball. Hockey. Fuck me up. It was the bad wow. joke you said you'd stop doing, and you got the sport wrong. Wow. <laughs> so All right, I'm signing off, guys. I'll talk to you all next week. Mika Zibanejad, center for the New York Rangers, scored five. Count five goals last night uh, or a few days ago actually by the release of this for the uh new york rangers against the washington capitals including the overtime winner in total the game ended six to five rangers winning so all five of his goals really fucking mattered and um holy shit that's a lot of goals yeah uh i was not able to watch the game so when i saw that tweet uh that night i was just so taken aback i went and had to check the score and the highlights to see if he actually did it because i didn't believe twitter i was screaming at my tv when he scored the last one i literally couldn't believe it. it's and i watched the whole game and i was i i literally literally could, could, couldn't fucking believe it it was insane it was ridiculous it was Unthinkable! It was, I, I mean, inconceivable. Mika Zibanejad's always been one of those players, as a as a fan of the team for which he plays, um, <laughs> that has always been really good to a Rangers fan, but may not have always had the best visibility. And now it's like fucking out there, and it's wild, um, like to see him do that kind of shit and have like universal. Uh, and the hockey world um, acknowledgement is insane. Real quick, Mika Zibanejad, um, he has missed 13 games this season, I believe. Uh, he's currently played 54 games. Uh, where do you think he stands on the goals leaderboard? Fourth. Close. Fifth. Fuck. Uh, Pasternak and Ovechkin are currently tied with 47. Austin Matthews is 46. That's third. Uh, fourth is Leon Dreisaitl. Yeah, he has 43. Apparently, Leon Dreisaitl having himself a tidy-ass little year here, by the way, yeah. as he currently leads all of NHL points, 110. Just um, came out with his own uh, cologne. Uh, what's it called? Leon. Oh, um, I was hoping it would be like Dry Spicer or something like that. Anyway. Yeah, uh, no, not original. It's literally his first name. That's it. Me- Mika Zibanej had 38 goals, and he has played so many fewer games. Remember Since when he... I uh, traded a, traded him away to you for Matt Barzal in our Dynasty Hockey League? Yes, it was a great yeah, day. I was thinking about that the other day. It made me sad. It made me so happy. Um, yeah, so fi- fucking 54 games. That's, 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 that's 14. 14 fewer games than David Pasternak has played. And he's only behind him by nine goals. 
stupid. It's very stupid. It's, it's 12 fewer games than Alex Ovechkin has. Is he it's better he... than um, McDavid, though? I'm here to tell you that, in fact, um, Miku Zibanejad is better than Wayne Gretzky. <laughs> uh, it's, it's just he... ridic- it's ridiculous. How long has he signed with the Rangers for? Um, hopefully uh, forever. I don't actually know, though. Fair enough. Yeah, and I, I don't feel like doing the Googles, but... That's okay. Um, yeah, so let, let's just let's just go ahead and say forever, you know? <laughs> like 10, like 11? Eric. Oh, don't make me sad. Uh, Why? You're happy you can't have that. Shut the fuck up. So how, how many times <laughs> do you think... All right, so what do you think the record is for most goals scored in a game? Um, I will issue the caveat that hockey reference only goes back to 1979. Uh, uh, in a NHL game, I'll go with six. So I thought there had to at least be one six. And no, five is actually the record. Really? Yeah. And how many times do you think it's happened? Five goals in one game. Eight. Again, only going back to 1979, because so, uh, I'm very sure this has happened in other years. 26. Wow. Yeah. So Wayne Gretzky has done it four times. <laughs> um, of course he has. I know. Mario Lemieux has done it th- uh, three times. Of course he has. And those are the only two names that have done this twice. Nice. Way to Some go, other. There are three active players who have done it. Uh, Marion. Let me, let, me, let, me, let me guess. Oh, well, uh, I already s- said one of them. I didn't hear you because I was too oh. focused on saying. I cool. assume it's going to be Ovi. No, Alex Ovechkin has not done this. Okay, that takes away my one and only guess. Well, you know um, one of the three players. I do. One of them is uh, Mika Zibanejad. Wow, Mika Zibanejad. Yeah. Um, five goals in a game. Um, let's say like Evgeny Malkin. No, he has not done it either. Um, shit. Okay, okay. Um, Pavel Datschuk. I don't know. Nope. You wanna? You wanna tell oh, me? Oh, you know what? One of them does not count. He must. This must be a. He never officially retired player. But uh, Marian Gaborik. Um, he he technically counts here, but he hasn't played since 2018. So. He's Get fucking out of here. Yeah. So really, I guess the only other active player that's done it is Patrick Line. Really? Did it in 2018 really? against the Winnipeg. Oh, sorry, not against the Winnipeg. Against the St. Louis Blues. I straight up just don't remember that like at all. I yeah. I mu- clearly it happened while we were both conscious hockey wa- hockey watchers and uh, zero recollections. All, all but one of these games ended in the player who accomplished this feat winning the game. Except, except in 1995, the Winnipeg Jets against the Los Angeles Kings, Alex Zhamnov scored five goals. He had, um, where am I looking? He had zero assists for five points, a plus minus of three. Um, th- five, all five goals came even strength. Uh, only on six shots on goal too, which is nuts. And it ended in a tie. He scored five goals with six shots. 
Yeah. So, yeah, all right. So you know what else is? So you know what else is unique um, about Mika? Uh, his 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 accomplishment. A plus minus of zero. What? Because it was such a back and forth game. Like he was on the ice for every single um, Washington goal. Ugh. So he was I on the ice this. for all five of their goals, and he scored all of his, uh, or you know, obviously he scored his five goals, but he wasn't on the ice for the Rangers' one goal that they scored without him. So his plus minus is zero, only plus minus to be zero for everyone who's ever done this. That's hilarious. Right? Absolutely hilarious. Um, going back to the one dude who did it back in the 90s and lost. Got a what, tie. Wh- I'm sorry? It was a tie. Oh, the game ended in a tie? Yes. Okay, my apologies. What do you think the locker room was like after that? If I was Alex Zhamnov, or however the fuck you say his, his last name properly, furious. I would be furious. I would be so fucking mad. I would. I don't know if I'd be mad. I would for sure be fucking disappointed, and I would just use that. I feel like me of all people, I'd probably try and. You know, lighten up the mood. Like, hey, I just scored five goals and we tied a game. Obviously, the guy's going to be pretty bummed. I'll probably try and crack a few jokes. And you better believe I'm reminding everyone I scored five fucking goals tonight and everyone else sucks dick. So here's how this game went. So the first goal gets scored by the Kings, by Wayne Gretzky of all people. A minute and 24 seconds into into the game. So Winnipeg's down one nothing. All right, whatever. You like that's a hockey game. Like that all makes sense in the world. Uh, then Winnipeg scores their first goal from no way Keith uh, Tkachuk. <laughs> Fucking seriously, that's hilarious. Sure. Uh, Brady's dad, apparently. Mm. Um, that's funny. And Matthew. And Matthew. Um, they both suck. Uh. So, you know, 1-1 one, one game. All right. Yep. Still sounds like that hockey. Then Wayne Gretzky decides he is still Wayne Gretzky and scores a second goal. And you go unassisted because it's Wayne Gretzky. And you go, ah, that's right. He's here. Um, 2-1. 11 minutes and 49 seconds in. And then 14 minutes and one second in, Alex Zhmanov scores his first goal. Mm-hmm. So it is now 2-2. Two two. The first period comes to a, conc- a conclusion. Um, Alex Romanov, so far a nice night, one goal, but uneventful. And he's not even the leading scorer in the game yet. Still Wayne Gretzky. So then the second period comes into play, and Alex Romanov scores his second goal immediately, 58 seconds in. Uh, uh, followed by Rick Tochet, who scores uh, a goal for the Kings, 10 minutes in. So it's been ba- it's straight up been literally back and forth. It's currently uh, three to three, back to back goals by Winnipeg technically, but still. And then Winnipeg comes straight back and scores another goal. Mike Eagles, spelled like the bird, scores a goal 13 minutes and 10 seconds in for Winnipeg. So the game is now, uh, second period concludes. Uh, Winnipeg should now be winning 4-3. to three. And if you go to the Winnipeg Jets, you got to be thinking to yourself, all right, we need to play defense, but this is going well, right? Then the third period comes and all hell breaks loose. Um, so Alex Jamanov scores his second goal of the night, sorry, third goal of the night, a minute and 25 seconds in. So he has now had a hat trick 
and is king of the world. Uh, Winnipeg is now up in the game five to three. So things look great for Winnipeg. Two minutes and 39 seconds in, just a mere one minute and 14 seconds later, Yannick Peralt scores for the Kings, five to four. Then one minute, not even a minute, 53 seconds later, uh, Rick Tochett scores another goal. It's his second of the night to make a five to four Winnipeg. Now, things are tightening up. Actually, no, sorry. It's 5-5 five, five at this point. My mistake. 5-5. Five, five, tie game. Uh, then Alex Jamanov scores back-to-back goals. He scores at 3:57, which is only 35 seconds after the game got tied by Rick Tachet to put the Winnipeg Jets up 6-5. to five. And then he scores again about six minutes later to put the Winnipeg Jets up 7-5. to five. So that's at 927. There's only 10 and a half minutes left of gameplay. You're up seven to five. All you gotta do is not fuck it up. And yet <laughs> Kevin Brown comes in, scores his second goal of the entire fucking season at 1227, six, seven to six, the score. And then Daryl Sider comes in, scores his fourth fucking goal of the season at 1657. Game ends in a tie. That's it. What a fucking roller coaster of a game that had to have been. How many penalties do you think there were? Twelve. There's no way there was twelve, but I, I'm guessing twelve. Eleven. No, really? Yeah. So oh, the first, I love that. First first one is so stupid. Um, we need to watch this game, by the way. Oh, of um, Ty Domi. Uh, of Winnipeg takes the first penalty for too many men on the ice. Two minutes. Then the, the Kings' Matt Johnson gets a five-minute major for fighting. Um, seven seconds later, Ty Domi gets a five-minute major for fighting. Uh, and then two minutes later, Marty McSorley. <laughs> Marty McSorley. That That's an amazing game. It sounds like Trace McSorley. I wonder if they're related. I'm going um, it up. Marty McSorley of the Kings takes a two-minute roughing penalty at 1535. And then there was another fight um, where dual majors were given out. Mike Eagles of the of Winnipeg and Michael Pettit uh, or Michelle Pettit of um, the Kings b- both take five-minute majors for fighting at 1914. So then wow. that's all in the first period, by the way. Second period comes along. Uh, at 10.45, Eric LaCroix takes a goalkeeper interference penalty for two minutes. 14.45, Winnipeg's Dave Manson takes a holding penalty. And at 18.11, Winnipeg's Brent Thompson takes an interference penalty. And then in the third period, um, Winnipeg's Keith Tkachuk takes a roughing penalty because that makes sense. The Tkachuk's suck. Uh, and then the final penalty. Oh, Hannah, at the same time. Oh, oh coincidental penalties. Uh, oh, this one on Rick Tochett. Also takes a two-minute roughing penalty. Also at five forty-six, eleven penalties, fourteen goals. What a game! A tie. What a game! Imagine being there, dude. Oh we have God. to. We have to watch this. Is this on yeah, YouTube? Because we, we need to watch oh, I'm this. Sure it is. So uh, I looked up Marty McSorley. Played for seventeen seasons. Played two positions: right wing and defense. And was okay. involved in the Los Angeles Kings trade when they got Wayne Gretzky. 
Oh, wow. Uh, Wayne Gretzky uh, valued him so much he wanted him included in the trade. Really? Yeah. He's a two-time Stanley Cup champion, both uh, 86, 87, 87, 88 with Edmonton, and was the 1990, 1991 NHL plus minus award winner. (laughs) Fucking okay. Yeah. All right. I'm just enraptured with this game. So the leading point scorer on the Winnipeg Jets for this game was was Alex Romanov with five points. Uh, and then there were two players that had four. Dallas Drake had four and Igor Korolev had four. Um, who do you think was the lead point getter on the Kings and with how many points? Uh, Wayne Gretzky with five assists. No, it was a fucking seven-way tie with everyone having two points. Really? Yeah. <laughs> so, like, the Kings' defense got torn apart by Alex Manov and then uh, Dallas Drake and Igor Korolev. Probably, I guess, all same. I, w- I would guess they're all line mates um, because they probably got those assists on Alex Manov's goals. Actually, let me just check. It's it's all written right here. Uh, Dallas Drake assisted on, yeah, all of his assists were on Alex Manov and Igor what is it? Igor Korolev. Yeah, it, that's all the same line. Um, but I, I guess the Jets just couldn't stop literally anyone on the Kings, which is a sad statement. Um, Nikolai Kabibulin um, of the uh, Winnipeg Jets, seven goals allowed on 41 save attempts for only 34 saves for an 829 save percent, 65 minutes of time on ice. So there was a five-minute overtime period. Um, two different goalies made appearances in this game for the Kings. Kelly Fruity, who had allowed five goals on 21 shot attempts, only 16 saves for a 762 save percent. He spent 41 minutes and 25 seconds on the ice before they pulled him for Grant Fuhr, who who. Uh, got the tie decision in this game he allowed two goals on nine shot attempts for a 778 save percent which is no better with 23 minutes and 35 seconds uh on the ice okay so when are we gonna watch this game dude we need to i want to watch this game this sounds like a fucking roller coaster i know if only uh if only we were around for like the scoring heights of uh the nhl yeah, right? That would have been real fun to watch. That's probably what baseball's like now, or football. It's so funny, because like, looking at the other scores that happened on this day, which is April 1st, 1995, wow, April Fool's Day, Corwin, none of this is real. Um, are they're, they're so tame. Like, that day, the Rangers beat the Bruins 3-2, to uh, Detroit beat Dallas 3-2, to Vancouver beat Edmonton 5-1, to uh, the Devils beat Montreal 4-1, to Buffalo beat the Islanders five to one and Pittsburgh beat the Flyers three to two. And so like, those are all like relatively normal hockey scores. And then this game seven to seven overtime and and a tie with just like a wild box score. What was, um, who, uh, who won the Stanley cup that year? Ooh, 95. It's the nineties. So I'm going to say Detroit. Um, I don't know. I don't know. We won the 1995 Stanley Cup. I'm going to type it into Google. 1995 Stanley Cup. And uh, tell me who won, Google. 
The Devils. The Devils. Oh, the fucking devils. dub. Yeah, because they went right after us in 19... 19- yeah, us, because I was on the 1994 uh, Rangers team. <laughs> Uh, yeah, you're right. That uh, that Detroit Red Wings team back in the day, back in those 90s, man. Really good. Yeah, well, 25 straight years of playoff appearances. Yeah, that's nothing. Like, oh, man, I can't even imagine that. Even the Patriots didn't do that. Even the Yankees have never done that. Well, not never, but not in the modern era. Steve Weiserman. Stevie Y, baby. Uh, yeah, dude. Twenty-five straight years of playoff appearances, not just a winning record. Playoff appearance. Like the Yankees, it's a big deal that they have twenty-five straight years of uh winning record, and like, cause that's a challenge. Like that's a huge accomplishment. The Red Wings have twenty-five straight years of playoff appearances. Nuts. I feel like uh, another God, terrible. There's... There was some team that just broke that streak recently, and I just I'm completely blanking on who it was. In sports or like in hockey? I don't in think in hockey. Sports. I don't think it was hockey either. Uh, um, Syracuse. No. For basketball, I don't know they. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, we could spend all day trying to think about it. Yeah, it doesn't really matter. No. Uh, do you have any anything else to say on this game? Um. No, not really. All right, one last thing, uh, and then and then we can wrap up, I guess. Um, apparently, this is basketball topic. Ooh, basketball. Uh, Draymond Green said that Charles Barkley doesn't isn't allowed to talk to him because Charles Barkley doesn't have any rings. Did you see this? Uh, no, but having watched that show and definitely followed along with the antics, uh, I a hundred percent believe that. Draymond the NBA Green is one of the best shows on TV. Draymond Green is saying that Charles Barkley, like a very, very good of a basketball player, um, significantly better than Draymond Green, isn't allowed to talk to him because hashtag no rings. <laughs> and I saw someone on Twitter compare that to, uh, he said, Imagine if Trent Dilfer came out and said Dan Marino couldn't criticize his play because he doesn't have any Super Bowl rings. <laughs> that is uh, both hilariously accurate and just fucking funny. Dude, I don't get who the fuck who the fuck Tr- Draymond Green thinks he fucking is. He's a dirtbag and no one likes you. Fucking He's just get the out epitome of, of why everyone hates that uh Golden State team from the past couple of years. It no, it's true as shit. He represented every terrible thing about them. Just go back to kicking dudes in the dick. He loved doing that shit. He loved kicking dudes in the dick. Why was he doing that all the time? Because he's a piece of shit. He is. Uh, real quick, are you aware of Charles Barkley's nicknames? Um, I know he's he goes by Chuck. May I read them to you? Yes, please. All right, Charles Wade Barkley goes by Sir Charles, the round mound of rebound. That's phenomenal. The Chuckster, (laughs) the Chuck Wagon, Bread Truck, Boyd Gorge, 
the incredible bulk, the prince of pizza, of the leaning tower of pizza. Oh my god, those are phenomenal. I want to know like how popular those actually were. I want to know how much pizza Charles Barkley was eating that he earned four pizza-related nicknames. <laughs> the Prince of Pizza, the Incredible Bulk, the Leaning Tower of Pizza, Bread Truck, sorry, five, and Boy Gorge. Boy how Gorge. much pizza was he eating that this became a thing? Uh, I have to imagine he was quite fat. I mean, there's a reason him and Shaq get into it about how much, you know, eat each other eats ah man i guess uh his listed play weight was um uh six foot six 252 pounds that's a big guy it's not crazy but that's it's not, not crazy a, big, no you know slim brandon that ingram is, that, is like six nine 190 that's one inch and thir- 30 pounds lighter than one aaron Just saying. Yeah. I wish uh, we got to see Aaron Judge play in the NBA. I wish we got to see Aaron Judge play. <laughs> Touche. Yeah, makes me sad. And uh, want to die. Want to die. At least you got that uh, great starting five. Yeah, I'm super excited to see Luis Severino pitch. Um, James mm-hmm. Paxson's going to be great. Giancarlo Stanton's finally held. What? Huh? I'm being informed that the Yankees all have coronavirus. <laughs> and uh, they're bringing if, uh, back bloodletting, which is an interesting choice. <laughs> <laughs> it's actually uh, pretty funny to think that if the entirety of like every MLB player got coronavirus, the Yankees might actually be healthier on average than the rest of the MLB. Yo, imagine if teams started engaging in chemical warfare. Imagine, that imagine that the happened Astros? with like uh, the the like NFL playoffs a couple like two years ago. Ooh, I don't think I know this. Yeah, like something about the Patriots like oh, to infect the other team with the flu. Yo, I, you don't you don't even have to convince me very long. I already. Um, I'm gonna look this up because I I gotta know the answer to this. Imagine. Imagine you hire a pitcher just to get coronavirus and then start spitting on all the baseballs. Um, just send him into the, uh, just send him into the humidor where they keep all the balls and go, all right, buddy, ta- time for you to start pooping on baseballs. You poop on these ones. You got to cough on those. Just smear it around. It'll look like dirt. Ha- ha- have a blast. I am just I don't want to respond to those comments uh, potential hires of Corwin Howler know that he loves playing with shit if you hire Corwin Howler he's going to sit in your bathroom on Twitter playing with poop oh man like half of that statement's true playing with poop at my desk poop playing motherfucker at my desk under the desk. Do you, do you have it? Because otherwise I'm going to end the show. Uh, end the show. Please. I was just sitting here talking about shit. Literally. Literally.
Um, all right. If you want to follow the show on Twitter, you can do so at Juicing Pod. If you want to uh, hit us up via email, you can do so at juicingthenumbers at gmail.com. And until Thursday, y'all have a good one. Bye.